and we're in again. Yay. Welcome to this edition of Mad Cut Sight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Hello, and welcome to the show. And Smiz Mars. <laughs> uh, Futurama reference. Yes. Uh, welcome to Hindsight is Horrifying. Uh, we are back again. Uh, once more doing this thing that we once do. Once more under the breach. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know why we do it, but we do it. Um, it's, it's good to be it's, here. It's, it's good fun to, most it of the time. Yeah, so it's a, a house. Once a week. That's true. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, it's court appointed. So, Hindsiders, welcome back to the show. Uh, uh, before we get kicked off with this particular episode, we have to give a dedication. Yes. Uh, we don't do this every episode, but Jason, why don't you tell us about this dedication for your friend? Uh, yeah, this uh, this episode is going to be dedicated to an uh, old friend of mine named uh, Jason Hatfield, uh, college friend, uh, known him for 25 years. As long, as, long, as, long, as, long as, oh, as I've been alive. Yeah, just, yes, exactly. Yeah. On your, since your first I think you weren't even driving then. then. <laughs> no, 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 I was not. Um, Jason Hatfield, um, a good guy, wonderful human being, 44 years old, passed away very suddenly. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we send our condolences out to his family, had a, a beautiful family, wife and four kids. We're going to put a link in the show notes, and I'll put something at the end of the show. Uh, the the family has established a fund, uh, a scholarship fund for the children. Um, that's, that's good. Yeah, they're very young, uh, but there's four of them, so it's you know it's it, it's a big financial burden uh, right. on them. So, uh, so if anybody would love to uh, or like to, we would uh, we would sincerely appreciate you uh, donating. Um, well, like I said, we'll put that up there. Um, you know, I might have a link right here. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It'll um, definitely be in the show notes one way yeah. or the other. Uh, it's going to be either PayPal or Patreon or something like that. So, uh, yeah. So this episode dedicated to you, Jason Hatfield. Uh, happy trails, my friend. We're okay. we're definitely going to miss you. But uh, on with the show. Yes. yes. So uh, this week we are covering a Mr. Brown pick. And what movie would that be, Mr. Brown? Well, the film this week is called Network. 1976. If you haven't seen it, you must, must watch it. It's timely. Timeless. It is. It's actually, yeah. Timeless. It's, yeah, it's a movie that is more relevant with each passing day. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's just the power, the power of the media. Yeah. And, and the cast. Oh. Yeah, you Faye know. Dunaway just absolutely steals the show in this movie. Yeah. She's fantastic. William Holden. William Holden. Peter Finch. Your friend Bill. Who <laughs> was the first... Posthumous, posthumous, posthumous Academy Award winner. Really? And yes. The second was the Joker. Oh yeah, Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah, yeah Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Yeah, yeah. Heath. This this is just one of those fantastic 1970s new school pieces of cinema. You know the way it's shot, the way the uh, the way it's written, everything about it, and of course the director. Um, director. There's young James Woods. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a, oh, guy, who, oh, a guy who looks like James Woods. I was going to say, really? No, <laughs> he's not in this movie. Are you sure it's not Lance Hendricks? Because he is in it somewhere. Um, it, we're we're going to find it. We're going to yeah. find it, yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit about 
the movie. Go ahead, read the synopsis. Yes, so in this lauded satire, veteran news anchorman Howard Beale, Peter Finch, discovers that he's being put out to pasture, and he's none too happy about it. After threatening to shoot himself on live television, instead, he launches into an angry televised rant, which turns out to be a huge rating boost for the UBS network. This stunt allows ambitious producer Diana... Uh, Faye Dunaway to develop even more outrageous programming, yeah. a concept that she takes <clears throat> to unsettling extremes. Yeah, it's where this movie was supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, it was original. It, it, but like, it, it, yeah, it's not a comedy. It's not. F- no. Yeah. No. I mean, and I know that satire can be serious as well, but like, it, <laughs> I, I, it's not funny. No. Yeah. Uh, the the original concept of it was that it was going to be a comedy, and then I don't know if. If Sidney Lumet's influence they moved, moved it away, it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he moved it away because you know, of course, Sidney Lumet directed you know Twelve Angry Men and uh, Hospital, a great movie that no one has seen. George C. Scott and Diana Rigg. If you ever get a chance to watch Hospital, really, okay. really good movie. I've never even heard of it. So no yeah, one has. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> no, 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 really no is not. Uh, it, it doesn't make hospitals look very good. No, it does not. When, no. I, I think I heard when when Sydney got sick, he was afraid of being taken to the hospital for fear that the doctors <laughs> may have seen the movie and will leave, you know leave a glove inside him or something. That's I mean, a good point. You don't want to direct a movie about <laughs> no. yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because even to the state programs like Scrubs versus say Grey's Anatomy. My nurse friends all tell me that Scrubs is pretty accurate. Yeah. And there was actually uh, on one of the episodes, Turk sewed or like left something in one of his patients when he was operating on them. So it's, I think that does happen. Oh, yeah. It does. It's oh, yeah. Just, it's yeah. frightening to More think about. More than you'd like to think. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like Spalding Gray. You know, he uh, in Gray's Anatomy, you know, one of the reasons he didn't want to go to a hospital to get surgery was because he knew a girl who was dating a doctor, an obstetrician, who had access to liquid cocaine. Oh, and so God. he would, he and the nurse would go off somewhere, get stoned, have sex. His pager would go off in the middle. He would get up with an erection and go <laughs> deliver a baby. What? <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to go in, and I can understand that. Oh, my God. Yeah. that That's so terrifying to think about. Uh, anyway, so why is it that you picked this movie, Adam? Uh, mainly because I, I'm i mad as hell, and I'm yeah. not going to take it anymore, really. And if yeah. you heard your parents ever say that, it oh, is yeah. from Network. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. And that is such a classic line from this film. I've but, actually heard you say that quite a few times at this point. And, so. and did you know where it was from? Not the first time you said it, no. Yeah. But when you said it uh, the other night when we were attending a Zoom reading, I heard yes. you say it, and I was like, "Oh, he's quoting Network again." <laughs> yes, Howard Beale. It, it it's just it's interesting because it talks about the power of the media and how large corporations own the media, and if you yeah. own the media, you own people's minds. Yeah. And this was 1976, and there was a lot of interesting things going on. There used to be a firewall between the networks. And the news agency. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the news agency was not supposed to make money. Yeah, it, it was, was known it was, was going to lose money. It was yeah. guaranteed to be yeah. lost. And the reason they set it up that way is so that it wouldn't be sensationalized. Right. right. You get on, you read the news, you let other people draw their own opinions, and it was one, two hours a night. Yeah. There was yeah. something called journalistic integrity and yeah. objectivity, exactly. yeah. words that don't exist in that Well, it was anymore. it was before the, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yep. You know, idea, which had infected print media. You know, print you know, newspapers had had that for years. The yellow journalism yeah. and all that, yeah. But TV and, you know, before that radio, they had this sort of air of, 
you know, if Uncle Walter says it, you know, it must be true. Well, and he had that um, trustworthy. He people really, it's like you said, Uncle Walter. They trusted yeah. this guy. He had that avuncular oh, yeah. quality where they knew that. I love it, that word. Avuncular. I love that word. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I used it yeah. then. But he had sounds that, like carbuncle, but they're two <laughs> different things. They're, they are very different things. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you. It's and to this day, it's kind of like the movie mentality. Oh, oh, it was Tom Cruise. Has he got a new picture out? I'll go see it if Tom Cruise is in yeah. it. If Walter Cronkite said it, it must yeah. be true. Well, I mean, growing up, I mean, Tom Brokaw. I watched Tom Brokaw with my parents every single night. And it, it was it was just, well, okay, 30 minutes, and you knew what's going on in the world. And then you moved on. And you moved on. Entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but remember when that uh, breaking news thing would happen. When you were watching TV, so and explain it, this to some of the younger hindsighters. That is, who that, is that is true. This. There's, a, there's probably a lot of people who have no idea what that is. Young They're, Adam is shaking his head right now. He has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> watching live over the air TV on cable or or over your antenna, mm-hmm. and you're watching, you know, Magnum PI, <laughs> and all of a sudden the screen goes black, and then this this. Chiron comes, uh, which is a thing with words on the screen. Yes, yeah, confusing people again. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and uh, here's Tom Brokaw, and he's putting his tie on because he just sat down in front of the camera, and you knew something happened that was important enough for them to interrupt. Magnum a very or, popular or some, show. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was frequently something like, you know, I mean, I remember when Princess Diana died. Oh, yeah. That was one of them. Um, there were tons. There's all, you know. The Bronco the Chase. Space shuttle. Yeah, the Bronco <laughs> Chase. Yeah, the Space Shuttle. Yeah. The Challenger. That well, because was, that, yeah. that's one of my first memories of television, actually, is the O.J. Simpson Bronco Chase. Yeah. We were sitting in our old house, and I, my dad was in the rocking chair. I was sitting between his feet, and I that's one of the first memories I have of watching television is watching O.J. Would you go a mile did, an hour down the freeway? Was with your dad, you said? Uh, he was there with my mom with, and my dad were there. Okay, yeah. Because did did, uh, did you ask what was going on? No. And, and then did your dad say, OJ's looking for the real killer? Oh, my God. That's what's going on. the real killer, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Get over here. <laughs> Is that a Hertz rental car he's in? It better oh. be. <laughs> but, uh, the it was, I was of such an age what that What was I his friend's name? Al Cowling. But you do you understand the Hertz rental car reference? No. OJ Simpson was the face of Hertz Rental. He was the superstar of rental yes. car. He'd and be running through the airport. Yes. Yeah. Running through the airport. Now Isotoner was uh, the gloves. Yeah, right. but but he was the ba- the football player. Which is irony yeah. in and yeah. of itself. Who, who was who was that? No, no, it wasn't OJ Simpson for Isotoner. It so was it's, it's almost like if Joe Namath strangled somebody with slingshot briefs. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait. OJ wasn't the Isotoner? No, yet? who 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 was um Oh my gosh! It's it's Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, uh, Dan Marino. Dan, Dan Marino. <laughs> he was yeah. the Ice So Antonio. easy to mix up yeah. with OJ Simpson. Yeah. I'm not sure. They're how very I did that. similar. They're, they're very similar. <laughs> they both played football yeah. and the side. I, I love Dan Marino in Naked Gun. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah. uh, when he jumps into the bear trap. <laughs> yeah. and he falls in the water. Yeah. Um, right. but, but we digress. So, so <laughs> yes, I, I just I thought this picture was brilliant from start to finish I and, agree. And, and chilling and and okay the last the re- reason was ned Beatty died and when yeah, i thought yeah. of ned Beatty, i thought of network because ned Beatty was nominated for an academy award and he's per, his performance was less than three minutes That's incredible three minutes but it was powerful yeah, yeah. and frightening yeah oh yeah 
I mean, well, it was like religious. Tell... It, yes. I mean, you know, it has this like demonic He's long quality. table. Yeah. yeah. And little, you know, Howard Beale is sitting at the other side and he just reads him the riot act. Now, one thing uh, to pay attention um, the way Sidney Lumet shot the movie was in the beginning, it shot in a very cinematic style. It shot like a movie. Mm-hmm. But as the movie progresses, he makes the way the movie is shot more commercial until the end of the movie where it's he literally filmed everything like he was filming a TV commercial. Huh. And it was because he said that the camera was was uh, was the victim of the corporate mentality also. So the way oh, everything you're seeing morphs, yeah, it morphs into just it's like a it's a TV commercial at the end. You know, but very subtle. But that's stuff that, you know, you don't get that nowadays. You no, really no. don't. No, you have to grab the audience now in the first 15 yeah. seconds with explosions, gunshots, yeah. and all that stuff. Well, how do you think Michael Bay stays in business, gentlemen? No. Come on. Yeah. And Conchata? Conchita? Conchota? What's her name? This woman here? Uh, From uh, Two and a Half Men. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's the, what is she, the secretary? No, or? she's one of the, the creators. She one of the execs? You can tell how much research we do before we No, uh, well, I've got shows. so many different articles that I pull up during these episodes. Well, I don't have her pulled up right Actually, now. I do have a request for you to pull up something because um, I had I had the name memorized before the show, and now I've forgotten it. Okay, so I'm... The name of the woman who, in a certain way, sort of inspired this... This movie, although... Oh, Conchata Farrell is who you were thinking about. Conchata. Yes. Um, Inspired. There was actually an incident about, what, two years before this, where an anchor, um, a news presenter in Florida, I think in Tallahassee, um, killed herself on air. Literally shot herself on air. And there was originally supposed to be a line... Christine Chubbuck. That's it, Christine Chubbuck, yeah. yeah. There was she was su- only 29 when she died? Yeah. yeah. Dear God. Um, there was supposed to be a line in this movie where, where Beale was supposed to say, they're going to kill me like that woman in Florida. And... Oh, my God. Ironically, the line was deleted, and I don't think it was deleted by Sidney Lumet. I think it was deleted by corporate. <laughs> by <laughs> Which, Ned, Ned Beatty. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's corporate. He's a yeah. corporate head. Yeah, the Ned Beatty character, somebody said, no, 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 yeah. no, we're not doing yeah. that, you know. And, of course, now everyone says, no, this movie has nothing to do with that, even though it's pretty clear that was the inspiration. Mm. But let's talk about, uh, I keep wanting to say Holly Hunter, but that's broadcast news. Way. Way. I know. <laughs> I'm going to be like I know. Holly Hunter in broadcast news. I know. I've got a nose for news. I kept thinking that the entire time. <laughs> well, that's why. Paranormal <laughs> activity. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm going to wear a green jacket when we start using our green screen. That's true. For that's true. some upcoming projects that we've got coming <laughs> yes. down the pipe for you. Hindsiders, get excited. But yeah, it'll look like I have a floating head. It's going to be great. Yeah, that was you. Just wanted to know the. Yeah, I couldn't. Name. Yeah, I couldn't oh, remember okay. her name. Yeah. Okay. She also played Bonnie and Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Uh, well, Faye Dunaway did not. Uh, oh right. Yeah. Not, I was not, not Christine. Christine. Was, yeah. I was still in Faye Dunaway. Um, Faye Dunaway, who was in um, Towering Inferno. So was everyone. So was O.J. Simpson. With what? Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, Chris Cross. Chris Cross. <laughs> Chris Cross was not in. No. He's a musician. Uh, but uh, who else was in? Um, <laughs> I just know. Stephen Queen? No, no, no. Who was in, oh, this, in this movie also? Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. 
who and hasn't apparently aged a Ro- day <clears throat> since 1976. No. He looks exactly the same. Old Robert Duvall, young Robert Duvall. He and Clint Eastwood have that rare gene where they, yeah. they've looked the same age for the last 40 years. I don't know how they do that. Uh, apparently, though, it was a bit of a sticking point because Robert Duvall and Faye Dunaway hated each other. Uh, really? And, uh, Why? Well, apparently on the set of uh, Towering Inferno, Faye Dunaway would just leave the set and go take a phone call or just go do something. And Robert Duvall, apparently, after waiting, you know, two hours to get a take in, grabbed her and threw her against the wall and said, if you ever do that to me again, I'm going to put your ass through this fucking wall. Wow. <laughs> and yet here they are again. It's it's uh, it's. Like Wait, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. When was the Towering Inferno? <laughs> uh, I'm not looking it up. I'm in the sli- middle of a different article. <laughs> slightly, slightly earlier 70s. So I'm assuming it was okay. I thought yeah. it was after, but um, he looks. That guy looks just like Denim Elliott. Um, You're right. He looks like Brody. Peter Finch. You mean? The, the, uh, yeah, Peter the Finch. Yeah. who was Australian? Yes. Wow. Apparently, Peter Finch. Whenever he got the script. He read the script, and I think the writer had wanted, um, I mean, everyone. He had this big, long list of people that he wanted to be uh, Beale, and everyone said no. And You know who was supposed to be Howard Beale, apparently? Who? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, yeah, he was one of them. <laughs> Hackman would have been great. Oh, my God. Uh, he no, he been. wanted, like, he, like Cary Grant. Um, Cary Grant would have been interesting, I think. But no, but whenever Finch got the script... He he read it and he loved it so much that he he booked his own flight from Australia to uh, Los Angeles or to New York, wherever they did the audition. New York City. Because he basically was like, this movie, this is it. This is perfect. And it ended up sort of being his swan. The, song. Yeah, the swan song. Yeah. The capstone, really. Yeah. You know? That's, oh, yeah. going back to Faye Dunaway for a second. Apparently she was almost fired from this movie. <laughs> uh, there you go. A director, Sydney Sydney Lumen, considered firing Dunaway, who struggled with the meaty monologues more than anyone else. Uh, the producer said that uh, the director had the studio's permission to fire her if circumstances required. She eventually took home an Oscar for Best Actress. In the meantime, oh, I, you, but, know, you know, you know <laughs> that that's well. That's the thing you can't plan for stuff like that. It just you know? happens. Yeah, that's that's just movie magic. It, it on the set, everybody's like, "Oh God, she's tanking it." And then oh. it comes, yes. Oh, no, I'm just reading no. more interesting facts that I'll bring up in a minute. Okay, well, no, go for it. Go for uh, it. But Duval apparently went pretty method. Uh, he cracked a window and was screaming in pretty primal fashion. So they they were a little worried about Duval going overboard. Well, Finch, um, he, he watched uh, hours and hours of American news broadcasts. And apparently Peter Finch yeah. died in Sidney Lumet's arms. Did he? That's what it says. Oh, Lord. It says the first actor to win the Oscar posthumously, which you mentioned off camera, Mr. Brown. Over the next 36 years, only one other Heath Ledger has done the same. On the morning of a long day of scheduled talk show appearances in 77, director Lumet bore witness in the lobby of the Beverly Hills Hotel to the heart attack that led to Finch's death. Jeez. Yeah. Mm. So, the, the man, a lot of poignant uh, yeah. <laughs> moments of heaviness. attached yeah. to this, this movie. God. Well, it's funny, you know, I mean, uh, great movies frequently either kill or almost kill, you know. I mean, uh, Cecil B. DeMille, um, Ten Commandments. I mean, he had a heart attack while filming it and basically said, slap a Band-Aid on me, I'm finishing this movie. I don't care if it kills me. Oh, You know, um, and, you know, DeMille was an odd fellow, though, so. Um, Martin Sheen. 
Apocalypse yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. He died. Yeah. They brought him back to life. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In real life, he really did. Well, uh, also... Had a heart attack. Did he actually... was He was clinically dead? For a couple minutes Damn. before they brought him back to life. Again. I did not know this. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. In fact, the scene where he's punching the glass, that blood is really his blood all over it's his It's funny hands. how often that happens because I, I know it's a popular example right now, but Leo DiCaprio did the same thing in Django Unchained. He, he uh, yeah. smashed a glass or something on a table and just ripped his hand open. Citizen Kane. And kept going with the scene. <laughs> yeah, Orson Welles, whenever he fucks that room up. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going for a split he, second. He, like he's 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 bleeding, and that's that's real. Orson oh, Welles okay. when he when he fucked that room up real good and wow. and good enough to uh, to you know get some blood out of him. So got it, got today's it. Hollywood actors, you're all cupcakes. <laughs> oh yes, you know, my dear all, boy. It's all green screen. Yeah. Well, they listened to uh, Olivier when he said, "My dear boy, why don't you simply <laughs> yeah, try, try acting?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman, calm the hell down. Aw. I don't really have much else to say. At this I don't know. Point. Let's go. Why don't we wrap it up? Take it. Take it home. <laughs> take it home. Jay. I mean, it's 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 such a perfect piece of cinema. You know, I it really we can't is, make fun of it. It's hard. To no, get. you no. You I really mean, can't. But it it does. It's so reflective of today's culture, like you were saying, Adam. Uh, one of the lines I wrote down was, "The American people want somebody to articulate their rage for yeah. them," yeah. and that gets taken way too far on this show, where you're, you're in this movie rather, where Faye Dunaway's character just starts abusing that oh, concept. Yeah. yeah, and she, that's where but she goes see, crazy. Yo, she goes completely she goes batshit. Totally fucking crazy. Yeah, you know, but it's it's that corporate crazy. Where you're not ranting and raving so much as you're just, you have no scruples anymore. You're yep. posturing for the next dollar. Yeah, that's, that's it. All. That's yeah, it. I, yeah. And that's where uh, Finch, she says, I just ran out of bullshit. I don't have any bullshit left. I just ran out of it, you yeah. see? <laughs> like that's. Well, it. I think I think Lumet said something like, it, it, well, it might not have been Lumet, it might have been the writer. Um, it was like, if the people are mad, they want to watch things that are mad if they're happy they want to watch things that are happy so it's sort of like don't judge 50s tv because it was like oh everything's great on tv no that's what people wanted because their lives were basically like yeah everything's fine and then in the 70s you've got vietnam's over but you've still got the the aftershocks you got watergate you've got the church commission you've got you know, I mean, you're only, what, seven years past uh, Martin Luther King and Bobby. Right, or, um, right. Bobby yeah, Bobby Kennedy, Kennedy Bobby you know, being Kennedy. assassinated. So the people are just absolutely bitter. And economically, in 1976, the wheels have completely fallen off the bus. Stagflation. Stagflation, you know. Yeah. It's very Fahrenheit 451, that famous... Uh, part of the book where everybody's so disenfranchised and they're they're so dumbed down and ridiculous that even their television program and kind of like what you're saying Jason is they're watching a program because I remember I had to read this scene out loud in school uh, they're sitting there watching a program at home in their living room and the people on the TV are going I'm so mad and you yeah. never you never yeah. find out why the characters are mad there's no substance to it it's just well why are you mad Stan yeah. I'm just so damn mad yeah. and, it's decontextualized and, rage yeah exactly yeah. no and that's what this movie yeah. is. That's it's all about human wrath yeah. and how people want they want that reflected. Yeah, and, and it, it's interesting because you know you have this 
1976 vibe Conchata. of everything is going to hell in a handbasket. And people were legitimately saying, you know, I don't want to take this anymore. Like, I want to do something. I want to get rid of whatever it is that's not working. I don't know what I'm supposed to replace it with, but I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take, take this anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's kind of a zeitgeisty movie in that uh, in that respect. Interesting. And uh, I can't remember who said it, but I wrote it down and said, uh, oh, I think it was Finch where he's like, I don't know, maybe I'll teach or write a book now that I'm not on television anymore. And it's like, are those the fallback careers? Right. Yeah. <laughs> is that, yeah. sorry, is that a dismal fate for you? Because those are both fine accomplishments well, in my world. For for him, that is a dismal fate because he's in the industry where you're constantly chasing the brass ring. Like you, that makes sense. You, the only way you ever get the brass ring is if you're literally the number one person in what, you know, if you're Walter Cronkite, you got yeah. the brass ring. Everybody else is still trying to get it. Because he's the latter day prophet denouncing the hypocrisies of our times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of interpretive ways you can look at this movie where you can just say, okay, compare that to where we are now. What what you know what what are the lessons that we can draw from this movie? That sleeping your way to the top is apparently a legitimate process. <laughs> Always has been it has, <laughs> yeah. since the dawn of man yeah. and women. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And who is the who is it that she's sleeping with? Faye Dunaway. Um, I, I can't remember the character's name. Max Schumacher. Uh, yeah, the executive, but Bill Holden, even when he knows like because he finally approaches his wife who he's been cheating on this entire time and he tells her that he's leaving her and that he's going to go with this younger woman that he's been cheating with. And she's like, you know, she's going to be the end of you, right? Like yeah. she's going to ruin your life. And he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, and he, he's OK yeah. with it. Like that blew my it's, mind. It's, it's pure fatalism. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, 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 well, it's pure drama. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. as he said, his whole life became a three-act TV program. Yeah, you know, now we're entering the third act. <laughs> yeah, and he just maps it all out. It's, and, and it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so on, yeah, it's so absolutely spot on. You know, and this, if if you look at the movies that were coming out at this time, uh -huh. you know, there was this sort of counter culture. You know the. You know, I use the term the new school, um, which a lot of people disagree with because new school is sort of a, a Robert Evans term. And of course, if you ever watch that documentary, he takes credit for like every movie that was made in the 70s. <laughs> okay. I a, wrote Cobra, the book. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's a great documentary. If you ever get a chance to watch The Kid Stays in the Picture, totally worth watching. It's okay. really awesome. But the thing with the whole new school thing was that you got this different take on human life and it was really heavily influenced by new york theater you know because right. you know you had new york theater that as new york got grittier and grittier the theater became grittier and grittier and then that sort of leapt off the stage and you end up with marathon man or um mm -hmm. <clears throat> the graduate um i mean there was all these movies that came out at that time that they they didn't have that same vibe to it that movies had had five or six years before, you know. You weren't getting the Ten Commandments. You weren't getting you know late sixties movies. Ben Hur, Ben Hur's <laughs> epic films. Yeah, went to yeah. the wayside for a little while. Yeah, um, 
And I think this is a good example of that because it's just this entire movie is CD underbelly. Yes. You know, <laughs> and it's expose. Yeah. And it is satire. It's not funny, but it is satire. Well, one thing that is funny is that apparently Peter Finch got the part by reading a newspaper because uh, when Lumet was making the movie, he was convinced he needed an American actor to play the news anchor. Uh, Finch, through though a fine actor, was inconveniently British <laughs> to prove to Lumet that he could get the I thought the he was accent. Australian. Uh, it says British yeah. in the article. I thought he was Australian, too, because that's the relevance to him and Heath Ledger, yeah. is that they're both Australian actors who post humanly. Well, all the Australians started out as that's British. That's true. It, well, Until they committed that fateful yes. crime. Well, he, we started he, out as he, British, too. He recognized the authority of the Queen. Yeah. Yes. He threw some tea and some water yeah. and called it a day. Yeah. I mean, Mel Gibson used to be Australian. <laughs> so, but no, but uh, Lumet... Uh, to convince Lumet that he could get the accent right, apparently Finch recorded himself reading an entire issue of the New York Times. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yeah. Whatever gets you that you part go. in the feature film. And of course, maybe. he couldn't email it to him. He had no. to put the, you know, the tapes in the mail yep. and send it. Uh, <laughs> there, the, I think that's one of the things I love about watching movies from this era is the the stuff that was technology when I was a kid Mm-hmm. You know, like even just in the newsroom, the teletype machines. I remember going to my dad's office and they had the telex machine. Oh, yeah. And that to me was just the coolest thing in the world, you know, because it was like all of a sudden it would, it would come alive and right. it would just print it. And what is it? What's coming out? You know, you have no, news. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, and apparently most of this movie was shot in Canada. I wasn't uh, yeah, it was in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. and they, they couldn't get uh, a studio for Peter Finch to read the news <laughs> that would actually shut down for him for the two weeks that they needed in order to film it. Yeah, they, um, there was some, I know that they went to United Artists. Hold on, you see okay, this yeah. guy right here? Yeah. yeah he's talking, it's like, where did I see him? Where did I see him? He played in Red Dawn. He was the mayor of the town. Do you remember the Is first, he? in the first Red Dawn? His, yeah, son, oh, his yeah. son was the one that sold out. What do you the mean group? the first Red Dawn? Well, there's, there, there was <laughs> no, there isn't. Okay. No, there isn't. There is only one Red, Red Dawn. Red Dawn was C. Thomas House, yeah. right? <laughs> Shade throne. Yeah. Oof. I, I was getting hot in here for a moment. He, <laughs> he looks like... Um, but he looks uh, like he looks like one of Callahan's partners or something, right? Yeah, he does. I was thinking he looks like... Uh, oh, God, who was that talk show host? Oh, uh, that guy. <laughs> that that slime ball. Uh, you know, I'm talking about da- Carson Daly. No, Downey. Uh, yes, Morton, Morton Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. He looks like Morton Downey yeah. Jr. He's got the big mouth. Yeah, ah. yeah. You have wow. no idea who that is, do you? I feel like I should. No, eh, you, you shouldn't. Really, no, you yeah. shouldn't. He was a phenomenon, yeah. and then he died of cancer because yeah. he smoked all the time. All the time. Oh my god. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, guys, but apparently the writer's ideal cast included Walter Matthau, Candace Bergen, and Cary Grant. So you um, mentioned Cary Grant. I mentioned Cary so Grant, that. yeah. But yeah, apparently... Um, I can see Candace Bergen. Oh, absolutely. Totally see she, Candace Bergen. 100%. But uh, yeah, Walter Matthau apparently was one of the first choices for... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Young I, Walter Matthau before he, he they remade it. Grumpy Old Men with yeah. Jack Lemmon. He could do it. Well, I mean, this was back when, you know, Walter Matthau was still doing, you know, pretty, pretty good drama he stuff. He was on too, like you know. Jim Rockford kind of fame, yeah. I would say. Like, he, yeah. That's what this movie needs. Jim <laughs> some, Rockford. Some Jim Not Rockford. Jim Rock, but James Garner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so easy to get mixed up. Just like O.J. Simpson and Dan Marino. <laughs> so we, we do have to take a break. Okay. 
Uh, and when we come back, we will catch up everybody in the audience as far as what's going on in the movie at this point. Yes. So we will be back in about one, one second. second. And we are back with an urgent correction. In the one second we were away. Darth did some Darth, expansive Darth research. Has has humiliated me. <laughs> You're the dumbest boy in school, Jason. <sighs> well, uh, because you were talking earlier about the fact I'm that I'm gonna blow my brain <laughs> <laughs> on live, live on the podcast. <laughs> live on the podcast. But we don't do it live though, so it would be taped. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I edit it, so it would be inconvenient. <laughs> and I actually manage the building where we uh, record, so I'd have to clean up after all that. Oh, so please don't tough. do it here. No, like, you'd have to find the contractor to clean it. <laughs> you know. That's, You'd have you know. to call Serve Pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who can remove blood stains and? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. I yeah. will. I okay. We should do it. We, we should do a, a We should then do a we'll, challenge. Then you can finally meet the ghost. That's who true. Our studio. Yeah, that's true. Ah, we should do a challenge. Uh, who amongst us? Or actually, I'll issue the challenge. Oh, Which of you is brave and call Serve Pro and say and just ask them the price. For cleaning up a dead body <laughs> and um, just see what they say just get a quote <laughs> i sadly know the answer well there are that. companies that i had a friend who did that for a living really yeah he would go he and clean himself up for a living <laughs> no he, he would just go in after someone blew their brains out and there was body parts all over the place they'd take the body away and he'd have to scrub up all the blood he was the guy he was the, he was the dude apparently you know, if you if you know you're willing to do it, they'll pay you. I was oh, about to say it's probably pretty pricey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, he did okay. It's you know? not cheap because uh, I won't get into the details of it. But uh, I'll clean any crime scene for twenty nine. Are, are we recording? <laughs> we are recording. We're in. Yeah, That's this why is, I don't want to get into the yeah. details of this. Uh, it's a, it's a very personal thing. So uh, anyway, so Jason, you're the dumbest boy in school. I and know. I'll tell you why? Ah, go <laughs> ahead. It's not Robert Duvall who hated Faye Dunaway. It was actually. Bill, Bill Holden. Holden. Ah, okay, okay. Because so Bill Holden is the one who threw her against now, the wall. Now I'll tell or you, threatened to. I'll tell you why it wasn't reconciling in my head. Because right. Robert Duvall and uh, Faye Dunaway were probably peers. Yeah. Maybe Faye was even a little higher up. So I'm sure that that um, Duvall was, you know, he was more mellow. Right. Whereas William Holden, he he's an icon. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the age difference can be polarizing depending on you know the the nature of the relationship like uh patrick swayze didn't get along with um jennifer gray he thought she was too oh really immature. yeah and dirty dancing like huh. he thought she was too immature to be the role it's like she's a 16 year old like what what and you're like 20 baby yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody puts baby, baby in the is, corner. oh yeah baby's really mature nobody throws baby through a wall yeah <laughs> but uh so network's romantic subplot with the middle-aged and married schumacher falling in love with the much younger diana would be tricky to pull off anyway. Making it riskier was the fact that Holden loathed Dunaway for her behavior on the set of The Towering Inferno, in which they had grudge both fuck. appeared. So, um, I don't think he loved her, really. Well, no, it was a grudge fuck. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's young, she's hot, she's feisty. Uh, she, oh, look at that. Everyone's what else smoking. does it take, gentlemen? Everyone's smoking. Uh, can you smell that room? I too? mean, I, I, look, I, it was the 70s. I mean, it's... If I had a time machine and I went back, even knowing what I know, I'd have to smoke. <laughs> I mean, well, you would have to. Everyone else did. That's true. Yeah. You well, were you were weird. If you if didn't you smoke, did not yeah. Smoke. What's wrong with you? Yeah, pansy. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to smoke? <laughs> <Take a laugh. laughs> yeah. It puts hair on your chest, boy. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and that, that 
that wonderful food, 1970s restaurants but, that uh, they weren't very good. But, uh, <laughs> knowing how uh, Schumacher felt about her in real life now about Faye Dunaway, it's so funny because when they're having supper together, he's just concentrating on her so intently. And you think that it's because he, you know, he's sexually interested in her yeah but no. it, now you have the wonders like oh was he just thinking about setting her on fire yeah <laughs> yeah I yeah club you to death because they say yeah. there's a fine line between love and hate so. but isn't it so weird though that somebody can be such an icon and not that many years later really go out and ask people who bill holden is oh well no no one that's life yeah but i mean it's just it's so fickle you it know is. it is um, one thing I wanted to, to mention, um, b- before I was shamed, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm not going to blow my brains out. It'll be seppuku. <laughs> <laughs> You've always said that. If you're going to do it, you're yeah, going to do, do it, right. it Do it right. <laughs> yeah. Do it like a hipster would do it. Oh, um, God. <laughs> uh, Carry no. that samurai sword. <laughs> I have one. I know so, you do. Yeah. Um, if I ever see it in our office, Jason, I'll, yeah, I'll know. <laughs> yeah. No, but one of the things I was thinking um, during the break, trying to sort of compare the environment in the movie to today, and I was trying to think, where does social media fit in? And I think one thing about this movie, the whole Beale giving everybody this outlet, opening their windows and yelling, I'm mad as hell, I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh-huh. People today don't realize that back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, you couldn't be a part of news. No. You you couldn't go and start tweeting and then have a public presence. Have armchair activists, as it were. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's interesting how Beale sort of gives people this ability that they hadn't had and wouldn't again have until social media Oof. to open their windows up. And scream, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's but, really what social media is. But the problem is the difference of uh, motivation behind yelling, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, totally. Th- for instance, th- the reason why people were doing that for Beale is because they trusted him and like he was honestly reflecting their rage as opposed to yeah. uh, because the that sense of trust has been replaced with a sense of laziness. Because now people yeah. will post vitriol and, you know, yeah. yell at, you know, podcasters they've never met, even though they don't necessarily click right. on the article and find out whether or not what they're angry about is even true yeah, to well, begin with. They've done studies where people, it's a known fact that you'll say things on social media you would never say in, in public. Right. Despite how overtly public social media is. It's, right, but, it's a faceless public. Yeah. But they've actually shown that people will say to literally their next door neighbor on social media things that they won't say to their next door neighbor in person. They'll literally have a different relationship with the online next door neighbor than they have with the IRL next door neighbor. (laughs) I know my shit. No, I'm not. For somebody who doesn't get on social media that (laughs) often. (laughs) But it's funny you say that, Jason, because it's just a completely different culture. When we were growing up, our bullies couldn't they had to physically follow us home from school yeah. if they wanted to bother us. Now, kids are getting on Facebook and being bullied and fat shamed and a million other things oh, in yeah. the privacy of their home, which should be their sanctuary. Yeah. So that anger... That was always the rule. Home is safe. Yeah, Home exactly. is safe. Run Not home. Anymore. Yeah. No, Not no. anymore. No. Like, it, 
you just have to uh, you know i think there's an interesting shift in that dynamic that's happening though because i you know i have an 11 year old and so i'll always ask Wait, you have a kid yeah oh wow <laughs> And, and I'll ask him questions about not just what he's going through, but like, you know, hey, what are your friends like? What are you guys into? What, what kind of toys do you play with? What games do you play? Yeah. And we talk about social media and it's interesting because he and his friends, they use social media, they consume it, but they don't give a shit about what people say on it. Well, like, so I think that's an evolutionary. Yeah. Like. like I think that's great because honestly, I was talking to a coworker the other day who was talking about how her teenage daughter fell into a a pretty serious bout of depression because of what she was seeing on social (sighs) media, how she was being treated on social media and what she gave her daughter some fantastic advice, which was stop caring. Yeah. You, because you're never going to be able to control what these people do, what they type, any of that. You have to just let it roll off. You gotta be acknowledge it at all. That's easier said than done. Yeah. yeah. That's a skill that it's, it's like learning to play guitar. It's a skill you've got to develop. It's a, yeah, it's a muscle you have to it, yeah, work out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You got to be like Gina from Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> you do. You just have no, to. Go, yeah, feel, I'm awesome, and if you disagree with me, fuck you. Feel free to hate on me. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm gonna make fun of you. Don't yeah. get me wrong, uh, Simon. But yeah, who cares? It, and yeah. that was one thing that my dad was fascinated. by. You know, by this when, is probably the most a girl has spoken about him ever. In, ever. You know, so hello, Simon. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh God! Now we got another one of those. But no, my dad was fascinated when he heard about our. First he just troll. blammed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's one of the ones that would buy the uh, signed aquarium T-shirt <laughs> if we put it on eBay. <laughs> but uh, my dad was fascinated with the fact that we had trolls to begin with, and he was like, "Jade, hold on, just to make sure I'm understanding this. Some idiot." listen to your entire episode and he's like and the episodes aren't short they're at least an hour or so long yeah, right an I said, yes, sir. Yeah. takes commitment like, yeah so they listened to all of that just to tell you how much they hated it mm-hmm. he was like you realize you've won and I oh, was yeah. Like, oh yeah yeah <laughs> i totally realized especially because i just imagine this guy simon you know sitting naked <laughs> with a tube sock <laughs> Listening to it going, just repeating drivel over and no, over he's, again. He's got a, he's got a uh, and then he got drivel my, all over himself. He's, he's oh. got a clutch my pearls shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's got. Uh, speaking of which, hindsiders, if you want some merchandise with which to sexually ass- don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> if you want some merchandise, and we're cutting over to here. <laughs> that is not okay. It I was going not. in a different direction. Oh, but okay. I didn't. I didn't know. I always take it that. Well, way. no. And if you want to, if you want, if you want to buy his suit, he'll sell. You know, make us an offer. You know, and, and uh, I'm wearing this suit because this is what professionals used true. to wear to the office. He's an anchor man. Yeah, not not little whaleys or yeah. or whaleys. cookie puss. Of course, he's naked from Those the waist guys down. Don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. As soon as I le- I left a law firm and I said I'll never wear a tie ever again. Yeah, I, I you know what? This yeah. is the first tie I've worn in like four years. Because That's for not a while true. No. I've seen you in a tie. Have you? It might have been for a stage production, but oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Well that doesn't, I guess that, that, doesn't, that doesn't count. count. That doesn't okay, count. not for a business yeah. like for instance now it's for it's for show. I yeah. thought you wore one on our It's a Wonderful Life episode. It was for show. Fine. Because remember, <laughs> that's the way people dressed in the forties. Yeah, yeah like ties. Jimmy Stewart. Oh sure me. Oh, that's why I was dressed as Donna Reed. <laughs> I was dressed like I Violet. wish. I only wear dresses like that when I don't care how I look. Yeah. yeah. F yeah. you, Violet. Oh, Violet. Yes. 
She was amazing. That her yeah. could stop traffic. My God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So we've reached the. Uh, Karens used to have you know bite to them. Karens. Yeah. yeah. You know, Karens in the parlance of our time. No, I understand, but like, wh- where did that come from? No, when, when you talk about you know the 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 sort of bitchy woman from a movie back in oh, the back okay. in the old days, Karen Karens bit your head off. Oh yeah, you know they but, still try to now, but it's mostly devolved into them wanting to talk to yeah. your manager. Now they're like little yappy dogs. <laughs> yeah. you know they used to be like Doberman <laughs> Pinchers. I actually heard uh, it was a not an interesting debate, just funny, but uh, <laughs> where somebody was like, "What's the guy equivalent of Karen?" I was just about to ask you. <laughs> What's your opinion is? Um, I've there there are two options I've heard. Chad. Okay, Chad. There's. Do you know what a Karen is, Mister? I Brown? know what a Karen is vaguely. But, but then, you know. okay, what like douchey guy name do you know that you would equate? Stu. Oh, well, I've heard on. Richard. Richard. A Steve. A Steve or a Stu? No, the Stu's are the ones. That um, Darren. That's what apparently the kids say. I would never Darren? guess Darren. Darren and Karen. Oh, well, that makes a Darren sense. and a Karen. Well, yeah. there's a whole it, Darren. If you're listening, there are, we're sorry. My brother's Darren, name is Can Darren, you hear so. me? But, you're, you're who? My brother's name is. Darren, oh, your brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, Jason loves that theory. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah. But there's a there's an account called Middle Class Fancy on Instagram where it's Rand and Nance, <laughs> and they do Rand wears his New Balance sneakers to mow the lawn, and he's got seven pair. He's got one that's for mowing the lawn, one that's for Rand. grilling out, one that's for going out. Like it just. It's ridiculous, and you know Nance drinks all the Chardonnay, and it's just such stereotypical, like waspy bullshit. Waspy. It's fantastic. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a word that doesn't get enough play anymore. No, it really doesn't. Waspy. Yeah, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants for yeah. those who aren't familiar with that term. Yes, but yeah, <laughs> but you know we mentioned we mentioned trolls. Why don't you give a shout out to a super fan? Uh yes, uh, to bring some balance to the universe. Angel, hello. As always, we love you. And here's the awesomeness that is Angel. He hates the movie Shark Night because it's it's understandably bad. Because he's a human being. But <laughs> he walks upright. Yes, yeah. yes, he has. He's very smart. So, of course, he hates that movie. He's seen it. Yeah, yeah and so. you know he inhales oxygen <laughs> so anyway i he let us know on facebook uh so thank you for your support buddy as always we very much appreciate it he let us know on facebook that even though he hates shark night he loves hearing the three of us talk about it on our shark night episode so angel we love the fact that you interact with us please keep doing so we love talking to you you're the best so thank you for tuning in and just being awesome in general yeah, and I, I, I think that we're going to pick up that Shark Knight uh, theme. My next pick is definitely going to be... Something trash-tastic. Something awful. Because <laughs> I see your yeah. point, Jason. This movie is so good that it's difficult. Yeah, I, I know, I just want to sit back and watch it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm engaged. Really have uh, every single line, every performance, I just want to sit and watch. Every okay. camera angle. Well, yeah. here's something to talk about. So you guys asked me off-camera if um, Schumacher could really attract a Faye Dunaway. Like, oh, is absolutely. He, you think he could? Oh my Well, he's God, loaded, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> but she's not after well, him for his money. Well, that's true. Well, that's not true. just that. There's a, kind of a father. There are women that have father issues. And then, House of Cards. Yes, and then, I never and then when they resolve show. those issues, you're like, okay, I guess our relationship's over kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> but you help are, them get there. My dad and I are getting along great now. It's like, oh, darn it. You know, I was hoping that we, we could make something. <laughs> it's like Quagmire said, you know, ask, <laughs> her, <laughs> ask, ask your girl if she has uh, what she thinks about her dad. 
And if she if she doesn't go on for at least five minutes, walk away. <laughs> and if she does go on for five See, minutes, I'm the opposite. Yeah. Like I could go on for several minutes about my dad because he's so damned awesome. Like right. I, I don't know. We would but, not talk to you. No, you're not. You're long. not. You're not. <laughs> we've lost interest yeah. in you. You're already, not a quagmire Jay. target. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You like your dad? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Later. <laughs> So, yeah. Bobby yes, and, walk away. And, and, and this is New York City. Yeah, you can it, just it say was, New York. It was New York. It was the 70s. Yeah. They were very liberated. They were. There was no diseases that were going to take you out. That's true. Back then. I mean, there were inconvenient diseases. Yeah, it burned a little bit, yeah, but you got that, a shot in the ass and it was It gone. was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and it, it was, you know, it was that... that it was that, gritty. Yeah, that 70s. A sailor would know. You know, that that decaying New York where people were saying, oh, it's, it's going to be like this forever. New York will never, of course, you know, then the 90s happened and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, Mr. So. Brown moved in in the 90s and fixed everything. Exactly. Single-handedly. He fixed it. He fixed it. Turn that city around. <laughs> but the yogurt was not fat-free. Oh, son of a bitch. And, and I dated a girl whose dad was like two years older than me, so it was okay. I recall Wait, you was, telling me about was, the, was, was that the one with the Little Mermaid stuff? Tinkerbell. Not Tinkerbell. Little Tinkerbell. Mermaid. <laughs> I was her Peter Pan. Oh, it's got hot in here suddenly. This is my time. He never minute. wanted to grow up. He <laughs> he. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it could happen. <laughs> yes, I won the episode. Well done. <laughs> that, just like, <laughs> that just made me like shriek laugh. Well but yeah, so um, I, I do remember that uh, you you told us about that. I think on your Death Race 2000 episode, how she had Tinkerbell accoutrement in her birthday or er, her birthday. Her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought, no, I was going with a pink Tinkerbell birthday theme, but it wasn't a birthday party. That was, it was, her that was back whenever Mr. Brown briefly moonlighted as an unlicensed Disney character. <laughs> yes. Running around in yes. tights with a little dagger. Yeah. You know, that's what you do. No, you know, it was it was shocking. It was a little strange, but I got over it quickly. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? You, you, <laughs> sold, you, you soldiered on. He didn't get over it. He got I, over her. Yeah. through, yeah. you know. Just, just think of, uh, think of England. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Margaret Thatcher, you don't want a cold day. But so, so I guess the, to answer that question, yes, it could happen. Fade okay. away. No, 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 I'm not saying could, it could happen. Yeah. You guys were asking me happens if he's frequently. even attractive. Not that well, so younger women is, go for older men all the time. Oh, this performance right here. That's fantastic. This, this, this. Peter Finch. Soaking wet, mad-eyed. You've just been walking the streets of New York in the pouring rain. Yeah, it's, it's it, walked across yeah. 110th Street. Okay. Well played. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> well played. Who sang it? I don't know. Um, don't tell me. Do you know? I do know. Oh, and then hold that thought. I It'll will. Yeah, I will. I don't know. It grows. Bobby. Bobby. Uh, it's a very, uh, I, I don't know why, but he reminds me in this, in this scene, in this I'm mad as hell, the scene in the movie. I, I get a very early army vibe. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack. Across 110th Street in New York City. And by the way, that's where my apartment is, right across <laughs> 110th Street. I know. So when you walk across, when you walk from 109th to 110th and cross over that street, we will hum that song together. Oh, you have to. I think <laughs> legally you have to. Yes, it's 11 have. up and one over, you simple bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And so, I can't take it anymore. I'm angry as heck and I shall not take it anymore. Yeah. And uh, 
they just let him hang himself on public television. Well, they even there's even a line where they're like, if this is how he wants to go out, you know, f it, let him. And they, they but don't- it's so just the way they film this is so good. I mean, it, it's and she is beside herself. Oh, she's loving it. Oh, she's the loving rating, the sensationalism. Yeah, the, the yeah. you could drown a puppy in her pants. <laughs> a dachshund puppy. A dachshund puppy. <laughs> Damn it! I almost had it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though, is that Faye Dunaway's character, she gets, she takes a job. She even has a speech about it where she's like, I took a job where this place is in the ratings basement and I'm going, it's her singular mission yeah. to do every and anything that it takes and anyone that it takes in yeah. order to boost the ratings that she just does not care who she sacrifices yeah. in the meantime. She doesn't care whose life she ruins. Well, it, it's... It, yeah, and that was that was a very. We're not gonna take it. <laughs> yeah. This could be a music video. I'm not gonna take it anymore. I listened to that yesterday. <laughs> what was the lead singer's name of that band? I don't know. D. Snyder. D. Snyder. I don't. I would. What was the have... band? Oh, oh, I'm blanking now. Twisted Shit. Sister. Okay. Yes. Is that a Twisted Sister yeah. pin the, on your that's uniform? The, <laughs> that's like the only Twisted Sister song I even know. Like it. Um. Yeah. Name another one. Yeah, forget it. Forget <laughs> Precisely. it. Precisely. They're one and done. I almost said school's out for summer, but that was Alice Cooper. Mm. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Alice Cooper. to the Cooper woman. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. I know they had other songs. I'll look them up. But anyway, we were going down an interesting road, and then we jumped, jumped tracks to talk about Twisted Sister. What, um, we were talking about whether or not Schumacher was attractive, and then we moved on to the sensationalism. Uh, but... I, I don't know. I don't personally find Schumacher all that handsome. Also, also, back in the 70s, every flight from everywhere to everywhere else was on a fucking 747. 747. Every movie, it was always a 747. I literally didn't fly on a 747 until I was late 30s, I think. I flew on everything else, not a 747. One one thing's different about flying in the seventies. The pilots actually landed the planes back then. Yeah, and and they were and they were smoking in the cockpit, bouncing. Oh, and the cockpit door was open. Oh yeah, you could go visit the pilots. Yeah, and uh, they had the blow up dolls like an airplane. (laughs) Um, Okay, some other songs by Twisted Sister. I want to rock. I want to rock. Yeah, yeah. The price. That one's not. Burn in hell. Damn. The kids are back. (laughs) Um, they made money, I guess, but who knows? Uh, we but, don't remember. Yeah, we're, we're not going to take it. Was an Iron Eagle, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why know. people know what it is. Yeah, and that and the Dave Chappelle bit about uh, getting beaten up by a policeman. Meanwhile, we're not going to take it. Is yeah. playing on the radio. <laughs> so let's talk about Faye Dunaway's full-on transition into having absolutely no morals. <laughs> She didn't start with any morals. She did. Well, no, every, you're right. You're right. Like Maybe it's just a manifestation. She did was calculated. Yeah. It was cold. She, like I said, she's she did definitely not. got father issues. Does she have an arc? What's what is her arc? Where does she end up? Why don't you tell In us? In oblivion, what I think. Yeah, I think she ends up just. So, spoiler alert: Tell the hindsighters how the movie ends because we're not going to make it all the way through this two-hour movie. Uh, how, what happens to her that you can see? And then tell us how you interpret it. Well, she has a she has a relationship with William Holden, mm-hmm. Max Schumacher, mm-hmm. and it pretty much just becomes a uh, three act TV show. 
I'm Which, wondering where she's going on this, but but with her, she she becomes so so focused on ratings that human life matters not. Yeah, she literally st- starts a show called the Mao Zedong Hour, right? Hosted by who? A terrorist group. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They have real well, films. This is yeah. where you see that sort of incubation process where she's coming up with it because she's talking about focusing on political terrorists. Yeah. For ratings. Yeah, for ratings. Uh-huh. It's for ratings yeah. and money. And she sells it. She sells it like I'm offering you an hour to do to, to get your message out there, blah, blah, blah. Really, I want to package an hour of violence mm-hmm. that I can call news or I can put that sort of, you know, blessing that there's a, a, an important reason that we should show this. Because she and says just, it's better than handing out pamphlets on ghetto street corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, and she's fully taking advantage of uh, this uh, black woman who she's pretending to promote and help, but she's she's not. She's completely manipulating. Oh yeah, everybody it's all about it's all turn. about putting gore and blood on TV. But in the very end, the black woman morphs into her almost all mm-hmm. she cares about is the ratings and she's tired well, because of- she sees the effect of it because faye dunaway isn't wrong the people are reacting to the material that she's featuring on television that's the problem is that people are investing in it as opposed they're, to being appalled by it they're at the kent's house <laughs> <laughs> superman superman flies I know, in so from superman's the next door he's out in a cornfield john houston not john houston uh Crap, who played his dad in the movie? John Ford. John Ford. John Ford. Yeah, he's having a heart attack. I, I love, remember yeah. that. I love the uh, obvious product placement of KFC. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. That um, there's a product placement with the terrorists. Yeah, and it just, it, KFC, of all things, like, I, it's, I, I don't remember seeing them in anything but their own advertisements. Like, nobody's ever eating KFC. Like, somebody think Kentucky of Kentucky Fried example. Movie. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like... Hang on a second, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody's our, getting a phone call. Our co-host cannot get it together. I'm sorry. That if this was, was live, that was, that was we'd my, be screwed right now. That was Mr. my Brown. alarm to take out the dog. I'll be home soon, Tessie. Don't you worry if you're if you're listening right now. Yeah. Okay. You're but, gonna take it out. My dog. Oh, like for a walk. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like <laughs> with. I thought you meant like extreme prejudice with a vengeance. <laughs> Where is your mind? Violence. On sensationalism. We're mad as hell and we're not going to take, take it, it anymore. anymore. <laughs> but, you know, I think of this film and, and there was the, the corporate executive. This is something I just I need to talk about a little bit. The corporate executive gives Howard Beale a talking to, mm-hmm. which has a dramatic effect on him. And he essentially begins to ex- expouse the thoughts and beliefs of this corporate executive that we're led by corporations. You know, we don't have any... Sp- mind anymore they're they have total control the, the the corporate executive likes that he wants to keep Beal on mm-hmm. no matter what as far the ratings are diving but the corporate executive doesn't because it's the truth right well no because the what does Faye Dunaway say don't worry about the truth I'll put the words in your mouth but the exec though but the executive he's but they're all falling victim to this where I don't know well it, it's 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 a religion thing the executive imparts his religious beliefs yes. and, yeah. and, and Howard Beale is following yeah. in his footsteps yeah. which is okay he cares not about the ratings no. whereas Faye Dunaway and Robert Duvall are so laser focused on the ratings and the money making that they make a decision well 
and also the name of the show, Vox Populi. Mm-hmm. Oh, what does that I, there's, there's yeah. a hidden meaning that there's got to be. Vo- Vox Populi means voice of the people. Oh, but I didn't know that. there's an old express. It's half of an expression. Um, I don't remember who or how far back it goes. I don't know if it goes back to Charlemagne or, or, or who, but the expression is Vox Populi, Vox Deo. The voice of the people is the voice of God. Baxter, you know I don't speak Spanish. Interesting. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And what it meant was the popes, basically, the, the crafty popes, would understand the voice of the people is the voice of God. So I'm going to listen to what they're saying, and I want to stay... And mirror it. And right. I'm going to mirror right back to them, but as the voice of God. Mm. And so it's interesting when the show is called Vox Populi, and it leaves off the other half, it's sort of like, it's again, it's a religious thing. Right. You know, right. It's, it's, it's trying to... Well, I mean, he's a preacher. He's doing a Southern Baptist revival. He's a televangelist at this point. You get a Bible and you get a Bible. Yeah. Everyone gets a Bible. <laughs> Which did, did, did uh, you guys grow up with those? No. Like, with what? Televangelists. Well, yeah, I mean. I mean, you're from the South. I'm from the South. You're from the South. I mean, not that we watched it, but you knew, but, you know, they were. Well, they had kind of a crummy reputation. You just, yeah. Like, even before you really revealed the truth about their, yeah. their million dollar planes and the Jimmy Swaggerts. Yeah, yeah. And the, the oh, that Joel, Joel Austin. Dude, God. Yeah. yeah, he's in the news, isn't he? But there's people that love him. Isn't he one of the guys who just went into space? <laughs> no, that was Jeff Austin Bezos. <laughs> Did you see Tulsi Gabbard? I love Tulsi. She tweeted, uh, Dear <laughs> Jeff, do the world a favor. Don't come back. <laughs> oh, you're the Mr. Potter of our world anyway, sir. Yeah, I love that he thanked all of the people who make like 20 grand a year for paying for his flight yeah, in the that space. That was oh, heartbreaking, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus. My it's yeah. like think about what you're about to say yeah, before you say it's true yeah but yeah. don't say it. yeah read the room man yeah. read you the know, room my friend Blair Box said something popular. about that on yeah. a Facebook he was like uh, were we really all that invested or is it more just the fact that we got like a giant middle finger to all of us because we made this man rich enough to go into space and on a, a giant penis yeah he, it is yeah he flew on a penis into space <laughs> and don't we all but tell me, Amazon, <laughs> it's an addiction. It's hard habit oh, to yeah. break. Uh, what is? Yeah, I know. Penis-shaped my, rockets? Ev- well, my, well, one, yes. But two, just Amazon. It's like, oh, yeah. try not to want something The convenience in of it is amazing. It, well, yeah. it's not even just convenience. I mean, the stuff that we have in our studio, the gear that we have. <clears throat> there are other places that sell it. Yeah. But there aren't that many places that sell all of it. In one, yeah, it's one stop shopping and have for, it delivered in a day yeah, and a, a half. A day and a half, yeah. I know. Yep. You know. Make your dogs apoplectic with the ringing of the doorbell. That's yeah. the only inconvenience of Amazon. Yeah. If they even ring the doorbell, most of them don't anymore. They just they nah, uh, they, they yeah. text your phone or they notify you on your account and just dings on your. Oh phone. yeah, I don't want them to ring my doorbell. No, me neither. Yeah, because because my dog will go apeshit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we we are actually at our second break. Yes. Okay. So we are going to be back in about one second. We're back and we're discussing Naked Faye Dunaway. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, you don't seem all that thrilled well, about Naked look, Faye Dunaway. What just happened on screen here? Just fill in our hindsighters. Faye Dunaway. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Faye Dunaway is making love to an older gentleman, and he uh, just blammed. Ouch. <laughs> she blammed too, she unless blammed she faked first. it. She blammed first, and then oh, or women, did, or women did she? never fake it. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's something you have to repeat to yourselves all the time, gentlemen. But you know, just gentlemen in general. Is Anyhow, Faye Dunaway hot? Yes, that was my question. Um, to you. Um, I mean, it's 1976, so it's kind of a sliding scale. Oh, um, I mean, let's be honest. Hairstyles and clothing were, you know, um, yeah, well, okay, not but ideal. Then there's there the- are a lot of other '70s actresses that are Stephanie oh, Powers. Stephanie Powers. Oh yeah, yeah. we were talking Anne Margaret. Oh fucking hell, Anne Margaret. Crazy, yeah, crazy hot. So uh, what is Anne Margaret still a looker? Like I said, the older you she's get, like, the she's more like Jane Seymour. Yes, yeah, Jane, oh. Jane Seymour, uh, Jane Seymour, and Julia Louis Dreyfus have that gene where they age backwards. Oh, no. Seriously, it's, it's Julia Louis Dreyfus looks younger than I do. I, no, it's and, weird. And she's got but at she's least twenty five like 50, years on me. Right? Uh, she, yeah. she's older. Um, we we did that the other day. We asked. Uh, uh, we she's, looked up to see uh, how Julia, old. You're look, stunning. I'm oh, looking yeah. it up. Anne Margaret. Okay, I. Mm, I well, Anne Margaret's probably eighty. Yeah, she's yeah. No, no, no! I'm not talking about age. I'm saying I, I don't. Oh want no, and Margaret was Julia Louis, Louis Dreyfus is sixty years 60, old. Sixty, yeah, yeah. Um, no, mm-hmm. oh yeah. No. Look up Kramer. Look up how old Michael Rich. This will blow your Richards. mind. Uh, yeah, because he was the oldest one. He was. He was the old. He was the oldest one. He's like because even though George was the bald one and the well, Jerry is almost. Yeah, he's Jerry's seven, in his sixties. Yeah, he's now. Uh, yeah, Michael he, Richards is seventy-one. Seventy-one. Michael Richards is seventy-one. Jerry Seinfeld. I know, right? That does not seem right, does it? No, it, it can't be. He can't be seventy-one. That doesn't compute. Much. Yeah, yeah, well, because no. Seinfeld is sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. I know. I know. This is what happened the other Jason day. Jason Alexander, I we think, watched, is actually the youngest one, unless I'm mistaken. I think he is. Uh, let's see. He just yeah. We watched uh, bald early in life. Yeah, we watched. Yeah, he's 61. 61. Okay, yeah, he's the youngest. We watched no, 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 all of uh, Seinfeld. Julia Louis Dreyfus is the youngest at okay, 60, right. so Jason Alexander's a year older. We we watched all of Seinfeld um, in the weeks leading up before they lost it. Uh, before Hulu lost it. Yes, I didn't get to finish it, <clears> and I was so yeah. Dizzy. We we got to season like the end of season seven. I think I got to the end of four, yeah. beginning of five, because it, um, it all runs together when you stream. Which was great, because so. it's great watching that with your kid, and he's laughing his ass off, and it's like, oh, there's it still some continuity. <laughs> he's got good genes, yeah. thank God, yeah. they stuck. Like, that's why I'm rushing through Frasier, because I never got to finish Frasier, because uh, it was Frasier on... kind of petered towards the end. Well, don't my, tell me that. I want. Well, uh, you know, I love Niles so much. He's, Everybody loves Niles. I, well, David Hyde yeah. Pierce makes such a career out of being such an obviously gay man if you, playing a straight guy. If you, if you ever want to see, if you ever want to see a great David Hyde Pierce movie, um, it's called like The Guest, I think. See, I love him in Down and with Love. Is it a horror film? It's a horror, he it plays a killer. Horror. Yeah, oh, and man. it's 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 really good. Oh, that it's, sounds awesome. It's really I really can, good. This is a compliment, David Hyde Pierce, because I know you're listening. Uh, is this I another could, man you would let kill you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Only Mel Gibson's allowed to kill me, and it has to be with his thighs. That's in my writer. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, David Hyde Pierce, I could really see him being a convincing killer. He, uh, he's just so. Yeah. Oh, he could be menacing on I, a yeah, really I, great I, level. I don't. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I don't remember the name of. The, I think it was the guest. 
I think that's what it was called. But yeah, it's, it's I'll look it up because I love him. But yeah, it's a really good movie. I adored him in Down with Love because once again, he's uh, he and uh, his significant other in the movie are both gay in real life, and they spend the entire movie spiraling around each other and they wind up together. It's yeah. really cute. It's 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 an adorable movie if you haven't it, seen it. It's interesting in this scene where Holden is talking about you know oh she's television she was raised on Bugs Bunny so like ergo she's warped and then you think. Holy crap, dude. If you were alive today, <laughs> you would you would have blown your brains out on because television. It, yeah, because have you ever heard of this thing called TikTok where kids just watch like 30 fucking seconds? Oh, I can't. And then it just goes to the next thing and, it, and then to the next thing. It's not much better than YouTube and our, you know, yeah, it's worse than YouTube. It's worse than YouTube, I think. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing cuz it's just uh I don't really invest much in TikTok, but I hear somehow that's how a lot of bullying happens in the yeah. cyber world. How though? Like, well, how do you bully somebody on TikTok? Well, you just you, your people are constantly posting because the videos are so short. Uh -huh. People will just rattle off videos, so you'll have kids who just will literally just put the phone up there, like "f you, Stacy." Yeah, and they'll just Benjamin, they'll like, totally rag on somebody they know, and then huh. it's out there. Oh, yeah. And you don't have the yeah. Facebook moderators to take it off. <laughs> which, the which, by the moderators. way, we'll, we'll bring yeah, up. Yeah, give a shout out to your friends. A uh, so, Louis Magruder, a friend of mine who's a producer and a director, and also another Penn State graduate. And, and a funny story we, we worked together at Bear Stearns when we were struggling in the business in New York City. Doing he, cocaine in the boom boom room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Well, you know. This bathroom's great for doing cocaine. <laughs> but, but the funniest thing is, is he had a featured article in our Penn State periodical called The Penn Stater. There's Lance okay. Hendricks. Where? Hang on. He was just there. He was, he's sitting in the room. Sorry. I'll point, I'll point again whenever it, whenever it comes up. Oh, but that is. Continue your story. Though. That's a moment though, Jason, where you're talking about, uh, Faye Dunaway she's manipulating. She's paying William Morris don't 10%. F with, don't F with my distribution costs. Like the women but, in this movie. Well, she's, yeah. she's devolved to, oh, yeah. to Faye Dunaway. Yeah. Because it's all about money now. Exactly. It's so uh, continue your well, story about Well, just a, a quick story. It was, it's kind of entertaining. So Lance Hendricks. Yep, there he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. there he is. Oh, Stop interrupting. Sorry. <laughs> well, he came off. It was right I, there. I had to see Lance yeah, Hendricks. Yeah. He's, he is, he's young and beautiful then. So I'm sitting at the front desk w with, with Lewis and I are both, you know, working. And I get a phone call from my mom. Working. And, and she said, oh, I was just reading the Penn Stater because she used to get a copy of it too. And I, I read an article about this guy, Louis Magruder, who's an up-and-coming director. Maybe you should get in touch with him <laughs> wow. and see if you could work together. Oh, Miss Barb. And maybe, you know, maybe he can help your career. And I said, hold on a second. Hey, Louis, <laughs> are you going to be able to help my career at all? He's like, no, Adam, I don't think so. I'm like, Aww. okay, I'm Barbie sitting right here. And he, says, he broke the news to me. He's just not going to be able to. We love Miss Barbie. We're going we a sure different do. direction. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the point is, is we had. Well, he acted up in, you know, a Towering Inferno. And yeah. it, yes. it, that's why. But Lewis invited me to a, a state a reading of a play that he's where his Broad Horizons is working on. And I voted, invited both of you. You couldn't make it. But uh, Jade listened to it. And she was a, a brilliant contributor to the, the, the playwrights looking Aww. for ways to improve Oh, well, you actually gave your feedback. You gave a lot of feedback. They, they asked oh. for it from the entire audience, and uh, the the play, I can't... You gave them notes? Yes. No, not notes. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I actually gave them a lot of praise. The The author of the play was fantastic. Uh, he did a great job. Like It, it was very network, it, it, and I mean this 
as a compliment, even though these are very mainstream examples, but it was like 1984 meets The Matrix meets The Hunger Games. And it's about uh, internet moderators and one of them is slowly descending into madness and it's just from the material that they see. And even uh, the writer, he he expressed how he had to go to the darker side of the internet to do proper research for this play. It was so well done and it, it pulled you in. It, There's a dark side of the internet. Uh, the not dark web. They call the dark ah, web. Yes. yes. But, but the end, the guy, you know, shot himself. Yeah. So it's actually rather and relevant. He was, to yeah, these yeah. And he was moderated out because he, he, he broadcast it. He, he streamed it live. And, uh, but I, and we don't need to spoil the rest of it at that, but that is the ending. You know, I, that is something that that has crossed my mind before. Given the fact that you can do stuff live, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it seems like that would happen a lot more. Well, or it, or does it, and we just don't hear about it? Well, and one thing that happens too is that, and that's the reason why Snapchat. You was, love me. You Sorry. really love me. Have fun tapping that hot hot Faye Dunaway ass. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> That one thing that made Snapchat so marketable as just a mainstream social mm-hmm. media source is that, oh, your message disappeared. <laughs> yeah. No, if, if somebody knows how to screenshot what yeah. you did on their phone, no, it doesn't disappear. Yeah, hey, sorry. Disappears. Yeah. Hey, no. NSA, you're not saving this, are you? No, we're not. No. <laughs> not at all. Are we rolling? Go Wait, on. we were recording this Go whole on. time. Go on. Oh, shit. But yeah, so it just. Uh, it was a brilliant play, and anybody wants the Remember show. Remember those Coca-Cola bottles? Sorry. The styrofoam? <laughs> oh, this, yes. And you'd, like, peel it off? Yes. Yeah. You had yes. to peel it off. That was the 70s. <laughs> Y'all are adorable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, were either of you old enough to peel off styrofoam? And you then the, have been o- the ozone got just a little yep. bit thinner. <laughs> and your dad would mix it with some cutty sark. <laughs> now future right. generations are going to be wearing SPF 1 million because we destroyed the planet with styrofoam. No, they did that in Highlander, too. It doesn't work out. Oh, okay. You know? That's a bummer. But anyway, yeah, here comes Robert Duvall. He, he's wearing a tux for most of this movie. and He's got to go talk to uh, uh, one of the Corleones. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, he and Sonny need to have a, yeah. a conversation <laughs> about cannolis and guns. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Robert Duvall, I have to say this, his appearance is not amplified by a tuxedo. Some men you put him in, like, and it, it's yeah. He's not James Bond. No, <laughs> no. Uh, and that's not that Robert. He, well, Robert Duvall is a distinguished-looking man. He's not my cup of tea personally, but like some men, you can put them in, you know, suits or tuxes, and it in it's uh, once again, <laughs> God. Uh, well, but but, but you don't have the frills. Yes, so you gotta have oh, you gotta have the frilly he's tuxedo. Wearing, he's you know. wearing the Seinfeld shirt. The uh, the puffy what, shirt. The puffy yeah, shirt. He's, got, he's it, wearing it underneath. Well, that was big in the seventies. Yeah, you look like a pirate. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> look at the size of that bow tie. And yeah, it's that huge. bow tie is comical. I and people expected. got laid wearing that. Well, it's so weird. Well, so weird. some suits used to be like gold and burgundy. Yeah. So no. that's actually probably a very restrained. You know, give me the give me the most you know understated tuxedo you have. That's why yeah. you know Will Ferrell in that Ron Burgundy Burgundy suit, because uh, Will Ferrell was in he was in town for the Final Four several years ago, 
Uh, and my dad was at the same game, and Will Ferrell showed up to the Final Four game dressed like Ron Burgundy uh, in that full suit with the hair and the mustache and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, this was once considered stylish. And yeah. that was going to be my question because that was part of your reasoning behind Faye Dunaway, like the hair and the way she's dressed. Like maybe that was a turnoff. But it is... A- a woman's style ever a turnoff when something's popular? Like, if you ever actively hated it when it was popular? Or oh, did yeah. you just look back and say, God, I don't know how I ever found her attractive. Well, I do bad. nowadays a lot. Well, yeah. So, like, shoulder pads. Were you actively against shoulder pads when they were popular? Because for women who actually have uh, shoulders, like myself, if I wore shoulder pads, I'd look like a damn linebacker. Like, I just, I can't pull when, those off. When shoulder pads were popular, Does the, anybody the, the, want the women, coffee? The, the women I I was I was drooling over I don't think we're wearing them see I think that's the yeah. thing well, they're though. wearing her 15 minutes before you start yeah drooling. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I don't think men care at all about what women are wearing or um see I don't know uh, see? I, I see we I disagree I disagree I yeah. I I because, like, I've heard you flip out on certain episodes, Jason, where you're like, oh, my God, those sundresses from the 90s, those... Oh, the Courtney, 90s. Like Courtney for, Cox and Ace Ventura. The, the, the just, 90s, woof. for me, that was that was when my brain, you know, it's like, it's, it's you know, liquid, and then all of a sudden it gels into a solid state. <laughs> well, the 90s was when that happened for me. Okay, so, what, so, what was an era of fashion that you appreciated about women, Mr. Brown? Like I said, I was not that discriminating. <laughs> if, if a woman paid attention to me, he was far too desperate me, to be that discriminating. She could be dressed in robes. She could be dressed in a Halston dress. Well, TV, I would, yes, TV. You're, oh, wa- you're yeah. watching chicks on TV. Oh, yeah. I thought you were about talking. No, girls no, no, I'm no, no, to. no. Uh-huh. I, no, you're you're flipping through the channels. You watch a movie. You know, oh, goodness. Uh, you know what? I never really thought about that. I may have to get back to you. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I, I did like. Sh- I thought shoulder pads were kind of interesting. They're not bad. Interesting. They're right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm a product of the '80s. I loved the shoulder pads. I love the you know the the angle. Oh, because I I actually the see Don Johnson. You know, I think yeah. I see where you're going with that because that also showed like especially if a woman has it, it was like hourglass, the hourglass, the hourglass yeah. design. Yeah, the okay. big shoulder pads, and it was out. And okay. So this is very much like network. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, where Faye Dunaway doesn't wear a bra Let's, the entire time. My God. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. Yeah. Well, yeah, again, know. 70s. It, yeah. But you couldn't really tell. Yeah. All the bras had been burned by then. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's get to the twist ending. Kind of a, uh, yeah. it, it's a twist. It's titular. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> like, I wasn't even going for like it. boobs. <laughs> yes, Ted, that was the joke. Anyway. Um, yes. So what happens? Tell us, Mr. Brown. Well, what happens is you've got the senior exec, as I said before, who supports what he's doing, but it's killing the ratings. And Robert Duvall and and, uh, Diana are all about the ratings. So they get their group together and and they happen to employ a group of terrorists for their their crazy show. Mm -hmm. And they just say, let's just. Let's just kill Howard Beale right on television. Mm-hmm. It'll be a boon for ratings and it'll get him off the air because the senior executive was not going to remove him. So they bring in a guy with, uh, I believe it was like a, a Colt six shooter and a Mac 10. And while, right, he, he they don't even give him a chance to say almost anything. Mm-hmm. He walks right out and they just literally gun him down. Mm-hmm. And the line at the end is, is classic. You know, it's like Howard Beale. Tell us. The first man to be ever killed due to bad 
ratings. Oh. And that's it. And that's that's the, that's the movie. Yes. Oh, it's such a... Yeah. It's chilling. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, it, it's, you know, ultimately, it it just demonstrates... It's sort of like what you were saying, how there used to be that firewall between the money-making side of the business and the news. And as soon as that's gone... If you're not making money, you're out. You're out. Yeah. Yeah. You exist at this company while you're making money. And if you're not making me money, because, you know, the reality is I can get somebody else. And if they don't work out, I fire them too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's that. Until you find Brandon Tartikoff. (laughs) But I mean, and maybe that's part of what's not only helped devolve the current generation. It's, it's not just the, the ratings industry where this applies anymore. Everyone is so quote unquote replaceable. Yeah. That well, the, the company loyalty isn't really a thing anymore. It's, it's not. Because so, like workers aren't given benefits. They, you know, if they're working for too little to make their ends meet. Like, and it's everywhere. It's not just the ratings that they're based on. And that's every and, industry. And one, other th- one thing that's very important is back then it was the Nielsen ratings. They, mm-hmm. had, they had little things attached to certain people's television set to measure the ratings. And that was... Peter, you messed up television for all the co right. And that was the worth of a television show. But now we've devolved to a point where the worth of a human being is how many likes they get. And by the Same way, concept, podcasters, yeah. if you're watching, please subscribe. Yeah, please like and subscribe. And like and subscribe <laughs> our show. Well, but you know, but that's Hit the button, that, but that's one of the, the weird bell, things. But though. only if we make you LOL. <laughs> but that's one of the weird things is that we okay. If you're in the YouTube environment or the podcasting environment, you can look at likes, views, subscribers, downloads, and because everything is sort of channeled towards one product, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell. Okay, I, I know how popular we are. I know how you know whatever. You look at things like Netflix, where they literally don't have the ability to tell if we invest a dollar into this, how can I tell if I'm getting money back from it? Because if they they start a new show, they buy a season of a show, Uh they put it on Netflix. There's no real way for them to 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 tell how much money they got back out of that. They can tell how many people watched it. Yeah. They but d- the thing is, if you've already got an account, you're already paying every month. It's not how they used to be able to do the ratings like, oh, 10 billion people, you know, tuned in for this finale of Friends well, or Frasier or Cheers You can or tell how many people watched it. But the thing is, back then, if 10 billion people were tuning in. You made money because that's how you set your ad prices. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. So, like, they had a measurable quality to it. So now you people put you know something on streaming in their queue, as it were, and then that you know there's even almost what am I trying to say? There's like a reversal to it because someone will say, "Oh, the fear of choice actually messes up that whole." measurement system because i've heard so many jokes about like oh you go on netflix this is how you decide to find something new to watch you scroll through all the options for 30 minutes and then you rewatch the office for the 10th time no and that's i do that so many times i will go through and i'll look at all these things i haven't seen and Eh, fuck it i just watched something i've seen already and curiosity used to be part of 
the media, like you, it, it used to be kind of like what we've said. Oh, this is the new Kevin Costner picture. I don't even know what it's about, but I'm going to go see it because Kevin Costner's in it, and he would make a certain amount of money based on name recognition. Like, but the the measurement system has completely changed. So you're right, Jason. Yeah. The, there's not really a way for them to know what what's popular and what isn't. I guess they have to go by how often it's viewed and whether or not it's worth contracting the show again. Speaking of that, speaking of Netflix, though, did you hear their their recent earnings call? They they announced they lost half a million. Yeah. Half a million subscribers. How? Why? People are getting out. People are getting out. Netflix hasn't really been good in a while. I kind of agree. There are very few shows on there anymore. Like, all the John Mulaney's are on there, so, of course, I pay attention. Yeah, but you watch those, and then you're done. Well, in Gilmore Girls, you're right. And I don't really go on there to discover new things. Like, a lot of the things that I got Netflix for in the first place, Scrubs. Bob's Burgers, uh, so many shows they they're being taken over by yeah, different Hulu streaming services. Things, yeah. yeah, exactly. Amazon Prime, like yeah. it just it, Amazon Prime seems to be more willing to play ball because they used to be the most expensive of all the services. Yeah, but then they started realizing, oh, if we made certain popular things free, maybe well, that's the and way to go. They they have the brilliant they they I love the fact that if you like, I love Top Gear and I love shows like top gear are you watching um clarkson's uh, farm yeah <laughs> i have i have I, I i've been saving it for for when i have some time to sit and just watch when you're not distracted by yeah. anything else got it no but like with with uh prime you can subscribe to a channel so if you like if you like stupid ghost shows which you, you do yeah, i do <laughs> you know they're garbage i love them um but you can pay like two bucks extra a month and just get like the travel ch- or uh, destination America or discovery plus uh-huh. and you watch what you want to watch for a few months. You see all the stuff that they have that you like cancel it. Yeah. Cause then you, you add motor sp- trend and you watch car shows. Yep. You get the you know free uh, subscription for a while. <laughs> and that what's really pissing off so many streamers is that, like they're taking away the shows that we love. The office used to be on Netflix and now, uh, who is it? NBC has their own Peacock. Peacock. Uh, they nobody's have their, watching it. Uh, well, yeah. it's too expensive, yeah. in my personal opinion. And then the free version, you have to put up with ads, which only like I think I'm one of the last generations that can even deal with that because I grew up with regular cable where you took your bathroom break. I can't handle ads. it. Like I don't, I don't care for it. And if, I haven't watched commercials since uh, 2002. They used to be. That's when I got my first TiVo. Yeah. yeah, they used to be a point of convenience because that's when you took your bathroom breaks. That's when yeah. you went and refilled your drink, whatever. But yeah. now, now they're just a complete nuisance. Well, there, there's another side of it too, which is the fact that nowadays it's hard for people to suggest new shows to you because in the old days, eh, there's nothing on. There's nothing on. What the hell is this? I'll watch it. Now I love it. It's a great show. It's right. part of my life now. And when people tell yeah. you to watch things now, I, you're a contrarian, so you're just like, yeah, that I anyway. just automatically. No, <laughs> I mean, I, and it depends on how much hype is involved with something for me. So I'm not a contrarian, but like Finding Nemo, there were too many people who said it was the the best movie they've ever seen, and I was like, this can't be true. Really? Yeah. Like, wow, that's it was high like, praise for Finding Nemo. It was the bi- it was the biggest Pixar movie of its time at the time. I was in high school when it came out. I finally was forced to watch it in Spanish class in Spanish, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not getting out of this, and so I have to watch this damn movie. But 
it was it was it's a fine good. movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's yeah. fine. What was it called in Spanish? Encuentra Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Encuentra Nemo. Bueno, but I, it was good, and it was actually called Muy Importante. <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe <laughs> but anyway it doesn't matter so when I hear that too many people like something and it, there's not a single person out there giving it a negative review I'm like ah it can't be that good. no like, way freaking frozen I I only watched it because one of my best Cece's little girl we were watching it was on in the background at one of her birthday parties and she, I liked it. She it was, was all right. Well, she was, uh, Aurelia was singing along to the songs, and I was like, you know, Miss Jade's never seen this movie before, and she was like, what? what? She threw me so much shade for a three-year-old, it was the insane. Fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it was, <laughs> and we're talking about the same little girl whose brother came up to her and was like, Aurelia, you want to fight? You want to fight? And she goes, go back over there. And I was like, you little ball buster. But uh, so the the point that I'm trying to make is that like if it's too popular, yeah, I I'm usually not going to jump on board. But that well, and you show, can't even and, and the popularity popularity mm-hmm. is fake because Are you drunk <laughs> because no, I wish judicial <laughs> because that's like with the uh, the Picard series, which was horseshit. Um, yeah, I was disappointed as hell when you it, said that. Yeah, I wanted to watch it. Um, but there were so many, somebody pointed this out, like when they did the finale episode, mm-hmm. they started looking at tweets that were all from different people, and there were so many grammatical similarities mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like, we're not accusing CBS of just buying bots. They were putting the it's, truth in people's mouths. It's completely fake. People were not going crazy over no, it. No, of course yeah. not. Like. It so I, I agree with you in that sense, Jason. It, people just they want to watch what they and there's a psychological study that's been done on that. A part of the reason why people go back to familiar programming is because it's it's a sense of security. So when mm-hmm. I watch The Office over and over again or oh, yeah. Gilmore Girls over and over again, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, I know which episodes. If I'm an episode skipper, uh, yeah. like I know which ones I want to skip. Uh, because they upset me or I don't want to see Rory and Dean break up this time or whatever. Well, and you don't have to, you don't have to wonder what's happening. You you can just dedicate enough of your brain to relax. Exactly. You play a video game or something on your phone while you, yeah, while you just. So we are, we are coming up towards the end. We are. uh, For, for Mr. Peel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Actual end. Um, I'll fade down away. Yellow's not your color. If, you, if you're watching this podcast, just watch Network. It's, it's a, a great it's movie. It's a masterpiece. That's why we've been talking about so many other things, because there's yes. nothing really to we critique about this it. movie. We can't. Yeah. True that. You, you can see also, by the way, how the lighting is getting flatter. Yeah. And the, the camera isn't moving as much. And it's it's the framing gets very, very standard. Right. Like, almost like a TV movie. Um, but anyway, so we are... At the end of our program, mm-hmm. um, Darth, would you? Yeah, take us home, Darth. Absolutely. Uh, well, I've Alf to Seinfeld, straight five for me because Mr. Brown suggesting it was the first time I watched uh, it. Seven or an eight. Yeah, it yeah. was an eight for me. Yeah. Only because when I first saw it, I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't understand it. It was kind of boring. Yeah, that's right? exactly yeah. how I was. Yeah. Well, because you don't live in the world of stats and ratings like when you're no, a single digit not. kid. Yeah. And then this time I was. You know, it's just like, oh, no, it's just, it was. You get it now. Yeah, yeah I totally get it. Get it. Yeah. And and how the superficiality of 
not only the network, but sometimes life in general mm-hmm. can be very superficial. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, an eight for I'm me also. I'm going to say an eight. Yeah. Fair eight plus eight plus five equals nine and a half. So I, I think we did really well. Excellent. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that, that math doesn't add up, but you know what? Uh, it, it gets a, wait, a seven, right? I don't know. It's I was an English it's a major. Yes. It's a seven. You want good words? Data languager. I'm not a master. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Hindsiders, we truly appreciate you joining us, and trolls especially, for your drive time, your listening time, your spewing vitriol over the internet time. Drivel! Uh, this has been Jason, Darth, and Adam with Network on Hindsight is Horrifying. This is Hindsight, and good night.